0: recording so uh yeah that took uh three attempts but now it's fine and now we're just waiting for dan very good all right uh well, welcome look. everybody hey um before i forget the i saw an ad i can't remember where i saw it maybe it was online for uh the smartless uh, documentary
1: about their uh six city tour looks pretty oh. good actually oh yes I imagine it would be when you have, like, three stars on a stage. Yeah,
0: and the people that they get. in the shit. Huh? Kevin uh, Hart, uh, Matt Damon, Will Ferrell, everything. Uh, it's pretty uh, star-studded. Uh, Dan Duran is here. Uh, we're now li- we're live streaming. What are you doing over there? You're changing the
2: view?
1: <laughs> yeah, because the window <laughs> in the back there is blowing me up.
2: All hey, right. Howie. Um, yeah, man.
1: Um, you know, I like... I like to visit, you know, celebrity net worth. Yes. Of Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and um, Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes. What I could find. Who do you think has the most money? And these things aren't accurate. It's just where I went. I'm no, necessarily accurate.
0: I've actually looked up one of those three. maybe two of them. I looked up Sean Hayes and Will Arnett, and I think they're both around twenty million. But I think of the three of them, it would be Jason Bateman, mm-hmm.
1: because when I the, my first sweep, it was Will Arnett. He was like thirty-five or something, and because um, he makes so much money with that freaking voice, eh, you don't even know it. Um, and Plus then he the, comes from a well-off family, though, doesn't he too? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that counts, but anyway, I was just surprised because I thought of the three; it would be Bateman, Hayes, and then Arnett. I was just pleasantly surprised, I guess.
0: So, what are you saying that that Arnett has the highest? <clears throat> yeah,
1: the, the first one I looked at, and then it, it, and then I looked at another one, and it was talking about Jason Bateman and you know some of his recent stuff that might have pushed him up to the fifty million range.
0: But I was uh, looking at uh, the, the first time. That, uh, I, I think the reason on the impetus was to uh, see how much Sean Hayes was worth. And it's yes. around 20 million, which surprised yes. me just to a small degree, because I didn't realize how much money he would have made off Will and Grace, because I, I mean, I mean, I was aware of the series. I just didn't realize he would made so much money off that series and still would be. I would imagine. I that's, guess
1: That's a huge uh, rerun show. And what are they making off? Uh, Smartless like 20 million a year i think each with no or split, split three okay. ways i think but uh anyway um, the point being i just you know what i mean will and grace and then of course jason bateman with you know ozark and the movies he made i just thought will would we would be a distant third and i was i was surprised that he's not yeah, he makes a lot you, of, you made an interesting the Lego stuff.
0: I was going to say that there's a bunch of series that you and I would not be aware of uh, Batman. He's done a lot of animated series uh, as yeah. Bojack Horseman, where he just kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. Uh, Dan Duran, I promise you this. If we ever get 20 million a year to split,
2: we're going to take care of you, young man. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's get the uh let's get let's get the likes and you know let's get the stars and hearts going then. A That's
1: brand I mean. new trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> can, can we not just get some money together to get Dan a new trailer? Come on, everybody.
1: We should, we should do a GoFundMe. <laughs>
0: exactly. No, I've said sure. this before. Go fund Dan.
1: Yeah. Pictures of the current trailer and people go, oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah we right. better, we better, yeah. we better contribute. Here. And
0: could, yeah. we could do that sort of yeah. thing, like we get the Sarah McLachlan music, like where it's Stan Duran looking <laughs> forlorn on the outside of his dilapidated hobo trailer, and then you know, and we then the voiceover would be something like, mm-hmm. "This man, this man can't be living in this hobo trailer <laughs> for one more
1: summer." <laughs> yeah. Always, yeah. always with a glass of tequila in his hand. That's you can right. see the bo- you can see the bottle in the background, mm-hmm. almost empty.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we tried. Didn't we try to get Dan a Dan
2: something or other? Dan, what was it for? Um, I don't remember. Was it uh, something to do with uh, something to do with Clifford? Like, oh, that's um, right, cemetery plot or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I'm Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see this hobo
0: trailer? This is Dan Duran's summertime home. That's right. Dan Duran from the movies. (laughs) Won't you help? Just $5 a month will help (laughs) go fund Dan and a brand new trailer. I actually thought, because I said to Dan the other day, we were talking, I said, is this going to be your last summer at the trailer? He says, I'm not sure. I said, well, why don't you wait till Fredman vacates? And then just zip in next door. Like, that's like the the super trailer.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think I right. could afford a Fritz trailer. Yeah, it's quite a... Yeah. Yeah. Listen, when it come, If I ever saw that trailer, and sometimes I think about it, I'm doing no one any favors, all right? I'm getting as Market much as value. I can. Yeah. Well, exactly.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a huge surprise.
1: <laughs> it's not like oh they want, they want it. Let's take a little bit of money off for them. No, that's yeah, not no, happening. I wouldn't we're expect not. that from you. Fred. Well,
0: <laughs> that's, I don't see. I, I disagree. Even though I made a joke that you know who would have expected that. I think if one of your friends, if it were me or Dan or one of your kids, I think you'd say, hey guys, let me give you a little bit of a break. But if it was some stranger. <laughs> <laughs> for five dollars a month you can fund the <laughs> get dan duran out of the hobo trailer fund
3: yeah
2: hey if you're contributing to some sort of religious person's uh, oil of the month right and yeah maybe you should just transfer it over transfer to me. I mean, it makes as much sense all right let's get dan
0: duran right. to uh, begin this program officially
2: This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our Brampton Subterranean Facility, and from Lisa's Dining Room Table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who are ready to complain about the weather being too hot yesterday. I mean, 26 is above their comfort zone, so they stood outside and shook their fists at gourd, yelling to the sky, what kind of hell is this? With unintentional sunburns, it's Humble and Fred.
0: Uh, Thank you, Dan. I, I wanted to make the following observation. Yeah, I was in the sort of core Because I live in the city But I was in the core The last two days Including last night I was way down there on Queen Street Having dinner with uh, daughter number one And just driving So I basically drive completely All on Queen Street east from my house And the entire time The city And I know you you will have experienced this Dan But maybe not Freddie The city just comes alive All it takes is a couple of warm days and just everything looks different in the city. Patios the, open up and everything. Patios, the people, the way people are dressed. You know, there were some people, uh, you know, uh, human beings wearing some nice uh, outfits, you know, mm, like halter yeah. tops. There were some summer dresses out yesterday and all of a sudden you're seeing women's legs again. And, and I said to Charlie, I said, it was funny because it's about a 15 minute drive from me. And I said, you can just see people's whole demeanor has dropped like they're. You know, for, for four months here in Canada, we're all like these little mini cocoons, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: But with the whole trans movement, how do you know who's actually a woman and who's actually a man nowadays, Howard? But with some of them, would it, what does it matter, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? With this whole trans movement, you know, it's very concerning.
0: No, it's very, very concerning. Mm-hmm. I'll
1: tell you what, whatever I saw last night, they had some <laughs> nice legs. Yes. Very um, nice. I, You know, in Dan's opening bit, that was neat and funny and everything, but, you know, totally counter to that. I put shorts on yesterday, and I said that to my sweet little wife. I said, look at this. I could be in San Miguel de Allende right now. I got this uh, shorts and T-shirts on that I was wearing down there, and I'm... Out in front of the house and in the backyard and everything, carrying on like it was still uh, like I was still down in the southern climes during the winter. It's been a very easy transition back to this.
0: Speaking of transitioning, yeah, next week's going to be a bit of a kick in the face, though. The last, the next couple of weeks are just going to be more typical April weather.
1: Um, yeah, you know, you really have to live to learn, uh, learn to live in the moment. Like here, we are enjoying this weather, and already. You're all bummed out about next week's weather. No, I come know. on, I just enjoy so, today.
0: I, I know I should get a little bracelet. and say, What would Fred do? Because he never, he's always <laughs> living. <laughs> always living in the moment. Um, anyway, uh, so I was going to had dinner with Spencer two nights ago, Charlie last night, and then I'm having dinner with my buddy Dave today, and I wanted to bring this <laughs> up with you too, because Dave was saying like, hey, because I'm going to be in Oakville for an appointment later this afternoon. And I said, hey, I'll just come to your place when it's over. And he said, uh, yeah, we can go for dinner somewhere in the neighborhood. And he threw out the keg or in this place and that place. And then he said, Mandarin. And I thought to myself, guys, I don't know if I have another Mandarin visit left in me.
1: No, I totally agree. I just don't know. Was I Did I make this point on the show or maybe when I was down with Buddy Doug or anything, we were talking about eating and eating habits. And the older you get, I think more... You know, it used to be you'd think about a meal beforehand, like, oh, I can't wait for that. But more and more, I think about, okay, if I eat that, how am I going to feel after? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Ah. Everything I look at now, it's like, oh, okay, that's good. But how am I going to feel after I eat that? In Mandarin, to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wonderful people, and I know people love it, but that's, it's just, I don't know about that.
0: Well, they're, ma- they're the masters of taste. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dan, when's the last time mm. you, because Dan's very careful with what he eats. And
2: uh, when's the last time, well, I can't remember myself when I've gone no, to I a, a Chinese I I, buffet. Yeah, I can't, you know. <laughs> no i don't i don't even i don't know if you know i know i I can't even remember ever going to one to be honest seriously yeah yeah i yeah i couldn't tell you anything i used to love freddie and i would go there and i've gone with freddie and i've gone with dave where you just
0: well i remember doing these lunches we used to have you and i dave and i whatever and i would have so much food at lunch that i would barely make it home i'd be in like a food coma
1: Well, that's one of my CFNY memories, because the original Mandarin, um, like in the Brampton area, was right there on Queen Street, almost at Kennedy. Oh, yeah. And often we used to go, you know, before we moved down to Young, and Dundas, often, you know, if I hung around or whatever, and then people were going out for lunch, or often we would just charge into mandarin it was like 6.99 all you can eat and i remember going with darren and phil and all those guys and just gorging out but again you were of an age where it was like that's right you could have three or four (laughs) plates and then walk (laughs) out and not think about it now (laughs) and and
0: because so when dave threw out mandarin i didn't really say anything i said yeah well we'll figure it out when i get there and then i've been thinking about it this morning i thought what should i say like like there are a couple things at Mandarin that I absolutely could, could gorge myself on one. Cause you know, I love wonton soup and you know, my, my Mandarin hack was always to go get the uh, ice to get the soup, the ice cream bowls, which were bigger than the small soup bowls they had. And then I would take it back to the wonton station and I would filter out all the, the, the juice and just eat a ton of wontons. And the other thing they had there was chicken wings. I used to love
1: well the naked chicken wings that's what i love it any chinese buffet i go for the naked chicken wings uh i like those too i'm like and you, you
0: call them naked because they have no sauce on it right
1: nothing yeah, on them, other than they're just deep fried
2: yeah, yeah i love it yeah it's deep fried and salted to be clear <laughs> that's right so what you're saying is you actually have a uh, mandarin strategy oh absolutely still do from
1: the old days dan still do from the old days and, Howard, those naked chicken wings, you're right. You could put a little bit of salt on them or and just squeeze lemon on them mm. would be good. Like, oh,
0: mm. nice. But, yeah, I just decided I don't think I can do. I don't think I have another one left in me. I'm 63. I and mean, That's enough. I've gone to Mandarin enough.
1: You know why? Because I think you're a lot like me. Even though I made that statement that I think about when I look at something and I think, okay, how am I going to feel after this? If I'm right in the heat of battle... Somehow I lose that memory, and I'll, I would overeat. <laughs> by, by I the way, would when do you say, exactly what I told myself not to do. It would be oh, one more plate of uh, you know chop suey or whatever. Yeah. But when, 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 when you, you know say that,
0: by the way, you say heat of the battle, you mean while you are eating?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Sir. I understood that. I just wanted to point that out to people. What he but, means is, while he's gorging his face.
1: You know what I love too, is egg foo young. Oh. like uh, well like, just think about you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a good. lot of eggs with some mushrooms and stuff, but I just love it. It's I used good. to love
0: it, too. Yeah. You, know, you know what you'd like? Because I, I, I've had this now. It's a Korean dish because we were talking about Korean food the other day. A, a Korean thing that I love is a kimchi pancake. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a version of egg. It's like their version. I, I could be completely wrong, but it's, to me, it's like it's a big sort of eggy kimchi, salty. Mm. Seems it's, it's deep fried.
2: Dan, does any of this resonate with you at all? Uh, yeah, not the uh, not anything that you've said so far, but yeah, <laughs> so nothing, nothing resonates no, the, with the, you. The, what you were just talking about interests me. Yeah. Kimchi, yeah, the kimchi does, yeah. Okay, but uh, yeah. So, what did you decide on Swiss Chalet or Harvey's? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's right, going to go for
0: some. I I've, I haven't had Swiss Chalet in a long time, but when I lived uh, out there with my family, we used to have Swiss Chalet all the time.
1: You know, I read something very interesting about uh, Swiss Chalet and. Because people complain about how small the chickens are and the price now. Did you know smaller chickens are juicier and tastier than larger chickens? Okay. So there's a, there's a little bit. So from that standpoint, that's why the at Swish LA the chickens tend to be a little smaller because apparently... They're tastier and juicier, and that's good for business. However, farming small chickens is actually more expensive than farming larger chickens because they have to be timed differently. Mm. And this adds to the price as well. So I was quite enlightened by that. I thought, oh, okay. Like, why would Swiss jelly? why would the chickens be so small compared to what they used to be? But it was a strategic move on their part as the chicken industry or the fast food chicken industry became wider. You know they had to start sharing it with more people, Nando's, and on and on, and yeah. I, I can little. tell
0: you something interesting about Swiss Chalet chicken that I remember from What's back that? in the day. that? What was, was that? Well, because we were talking about you know Asian food or Chinese food in particular, that Swiss Chalet and the level of salt and sodium in their chickens yes is the high, is it, more than Chinese food it has the most MSG in it. <laughs>
1: Well, we talked about how nice those uh, Costco bubble chickens are, but they're pretty salty, too. I find.
0: Uh, Dan, you've been absent from the uh, home uh, this week. We've all missed you. And uh, as I told you, you know, my daughter Spencer's moving in. You know, Dan's moving out. It's just like another. I got a new roommate coming and uh, I had a little crossover moment yesterday because. Spencer and I were talking about, you know, she said, you know, you would love an air fryer. And I'm like, oh, sure. So I I got a cheap one and got it off uh, Amazon. It came and I, I used it yesterday. And what I did, Dan, is Dan had bought some frozen salmon, which, by the way, Darren, our buddy Darren says are better than actual like like thawed salmon. There's a whole other... Get Darren to tell you about that because... Well, because it's not farmed. And it's... it's, They catch it. They freeze it. As opposed to like when you buy a salmon that's uh, seemingly fresh. fresh, It's been there for days. Anyway. So I took those salmon uh, fillets, Dan. Put them in the air fryer. Thawed it for seven minutes. Then I put uh, a little marinade on it. And uh, all those frozen broccolis air fried it for six or seven minutes. Unbelievable. Well, like all in one basket kind of thing. All in one basket. I, oh, I thawed wow. the salmon first, and when it was thawed, I put the marinade on—just simple, you know, olive oil, mustard, whatever—and then I put the thing in the, the broccoli. In the broccoli was crisp. The salmon was perfect, and that was my
2: first air fryer experience. It Was very good. Wow, that's great. Is, uh, did the salmon have the uh, the caramelized, uh, you know, on the outside? The well, it wasn't. Brown, it wasn't quite caramelized, but it was
1: cooked. Um. Uh-huh. What was? uh, I'm more interested in the cleanup because often, you know, and again, not to be negative. Really, (laughs) I don't like to be negative. Really, but as my experience, negative as I, I love love that.
0: sense when Patterson says, "I don't like to be negative."
1: Really. Well, my experience is from knowing people that have tried the air fryer; they're a lot like bread making machines. They're fun at the beginning, but then the cleanup is such a pain in the ass that you tend to use it less and less now what was the cleanup Very situation simple. for you okay. so
0: there's a, a so the whole air fryer base comes out mm-hmm. and inside the base so there's two parts one is the actual air fryer you know uh, sort of mm-hmm. canister or basket okay that pops out the base is easy to clean because that's a great question by the way because i was one i I'd never really, i never even considered it because it's the first time i've used it right <laughs> funny i called spencer Because I'm like a typical guy. There's a bunch of directions. I'm like, I'm not reading this. I'll just turn it on. But I did call Spencer. that's good. Yeah. I called, like, I'm the only one. No one reads directions. I called Spencer. I said, Hey, I'm about to try and uh, cook this uh, frozen salmon. Do you know how? He just said, why don't you Google it? I'm like, yeah, okay So I did, I actually Googled this recipe That called for frozen salmon in a, an air fryer And the cleanup was pretty simple Now I guess it might be more If you're making fries or I don't know What else you could make in there You could make steaks And I understand too fr- That's why I didn't buy a very expensive one I bought a cheap one I just thought, hey, Spenny wants to have it I'll, I'm, It might be fun for me And I'll tell you, Dan That little simple meal took 15 minutes It was great
2: So it's a speedy device then
1: takes takes care of it fast.
0: I think so. Yeah. Anyway,
2: and
1: right. the whole air concept is good too, because you're not like deep frying it or whatever, which is good. Well, I put a couple of steaks on the queue last night. It was great. Had myself a Molson Ultra, cracked her open. Uh, you know, nursed a couple of steaks, and uh, it was lovely. You you you, know, what did you, what'd you put on like the steak? Like summertime? Well, no. I one. I gave one to my wife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what, did, what did he ask? Did he
2: ask you? if You ate them both yourself? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, he's the way he worded it. He said it sounded like he was eating both. Of them. He's like, "Doll, you get, doll,
0: you
1: get macaroni. No steak for you. <laughs> no it's
2: not steak for expensive, you. Expensive
1: doll. Yeah. No, I threw a couple on, and of course, <laughs> she only eats half hers. So there's a half in the fridge today for which she'll probably never get around to eating, and I probably will. So very good.
0: Yeah, that, that's another thing. That whole. Again, back to watching Rudra eat the other night, like there's a whole world of people that eat so. I guess normally, I don't know, like differently. You know, yeah, different eaten, tastes for different folks. You know, so, so. I was eating a couple of meals with in with Doll and Buddy Doug and Fred and I, and it's like, like all I, I well, you and I for sure eat faster than everybody, but oh yeah, as soon as the food comes down, we just get after it. Like, the food comes down in front of a doll, and she's, like, considering things and still paying,
2: att- yeah. <laughs> paying attention to people. <laughs> Maybe you should just encourage those people to just, you know, go to the restaurant and start early, and then you just show up a little bit later. And then it <laughs> times out. Time no, it exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. We have to be more like Dan Duran and look at a meal as an event as opposed to, you know, a feeding session. <laughs> 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 that's right
0: that's right. why Dan goes out for dinner we go we go out for a feed <laughs>
1: no, but I, I've even said even again up at the trailer just e- even him and Colton you know it's at the table the, the table is set and you know the candle is lit and phones are off. Down, the phones Phone are trailer. off they have called yeah. like to them it's yeah dinner is a, a sort of a, an event where- yeah. do you mean
0: a Dan Duran's hobo trailer <laughs> yeah. Dan Duran's news is coming up, but don't forget you can contribute to the GoFundMe. Dan. Oh, Get him a new trailer. Come on, folks! Oh, He's given you so much
1: joy over the years. You know what would happen? We would do that GoFundMe. It would be super successful. He'd end up with a better trailer than me, and I'd be sitting there scratching my head, going, "How did this happen?"
0: <laughs> you know what? You know how, how did this happened? <laughs> You're scratching your head. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Danduran magic. Real head scratcher there. Dandoran right? Dandoran magic, that's how it happens. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> then Danduran. <laughs> All right, Danduran, thank you, my friend. Okay, enjoy your clip show. Yeah, lots of clips okay, coming, yeah, coming of, up lots today. Lots of clips. Clips are coming. Lots of clips are coming on the show today. Lots of audio. Hey, why don't we uh, take a second here? And uh, maybe get a little more upbeat, Sarah McLaughlin, and talk about some of our fine supporters.
1: Yeah, like the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, check it out today. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. It's very simple. And then follow it up from there. You'll be pleasantly surprised to see that, yes, it is affordable for a small business to have a benefits package for their small company, be it just a couple of yes or a hundred of yes. Yeah, it can be done. Uh, They've done a great line on holding holding the line on uh, premiums too over the past uh, few years, even through COVID, which is good. It gives you cost certainty with something like that. Very, very important. Prescriptions, dental, uh, therapies, uh, an HR component to this thing now, mental health. It's all there. Very progressive. Chamberplan.ca.
0: Hey, We understand that there's a learning curve associated with transitioning from an ICE vehicle to an EV, but that's where evnet.ca comes in. I had a great chat. Uh, We had a great chat with Derek Croft the other day. He knows what he's talking about. And we had a follow-up call with him talking about uh, trying to extend. I I didn't realize this. Like, all these cars, especially the Teslas, have a uh, charging limit. That you basically do for day-to-day, just for battery preservation. But you can extend that when you want to go further. So I just tried it the other day. I added another 100 kilometers to the range. It's 500 kilometers. And then I did a little test... uh uh, mapping of a couple of events I have this summer. You know, I'm going over to the Niagara region, and then I'm going to be heading over to uh, Lake Erie, and I thought okay, how many kilometers is that? When would I need to stop, etc.? It's all part of the evolution of the EV experience, and this is the way to do it with the people who are experts. They can do what they've done for me, which is kind of make it simple, understandable, and you can also rent these cars for a day, for a, a weekend, for a, a week. Just get get a feeling for how this is going going to impact your lifestyle and it will make a difference Uh, even if you had to stop and you know do a supercharge just like 20 bucks last summer i I remember thinking i was paying 150 dollars a week because of all the driving i do in the summertime in that uh, acura of mine so i mean 20 bucks a week as you would say do the mathematics evnet.ca Uh, Before we move on, just quickly, uh, I had written this down as part of my EV uh, wrap today. I'm heading out to Oakville. And, you know, at at, at the QEW and the Ford plant, for years I lived out there. And one of the sort of landmarks of that community is the Ford plant Mm -hmm. at Ford Drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to live right off Ford Drive. So I read something the other day that uh, Ford is going to put $1.8 billion into that plant. And then, uh, by 2025 to start transitioning to electric. And by 2020, 2025, 2025, that will be one of the highest volume electric vehicle plants in the world. Wow. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are objecting to, uh, electric vehicles, but you know, it's, it's coming and they're solving all the problems.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, uh, Again, how mixed up the United States is, you know, uh, Biden, President Biden just released some plan that, you know, is going to put an end actually to internal combustion cars by 2040 or 2045 or something. And, you know, all. Hell is broken loose shit has hit the fan you can't do that from the usual suspects the mm-hmm. same people that are always talking about energy independence in the united states but their idea of energy independence is you know producing their own oil which in itself for the current times yeah i guess makes sense to have that energy independence but ultimately i mean let's be serious energy independence will come <laughs> will come from using less oil not producing more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't
0: hear... I have trouble hearing what you just said without being so cynical now about anybody in U.S. politics, Canadians, I'm sure, to a lesser degree, but mm-hmm. it's all their own agenda. You know, they don't, they're don't. they not really doing it for the greater good. They're doing it for their own good.
1: Well, this is it, Howard. It's like climate change. It's like when I hear people denounce climate change, you know, and... uh you know totally flat out reject that it's like to what point it's just it's just again it's back to that teamwork thing it's like well my team uh the team that i want to be on they say uh, you know climate change uh that's it's bullshit so it's bullshit like it's just bizarre and and the whole oil thing as well it's just become one of your talking points for your team that you know electric cars are bad or we don't need them and it's all about the oil and okay, great. Yeah. And, and I don't know what the end game is there, uh, fella, but
0: well, it goes back to what uh, I just mm-hmm. said too. If, so you're right. It, it's, it's, uh, it's whatever your team says, you, you go with the policy of the party you're part of. Mm-hmm. But again, drilling down to, you know, this, I told you this yesterday after the show about this Bill Maher clip I'd say, and I just loved it when he's talking about just how stupid everyone in Congress really is. It's how stupid politicians are but they're smart enough to know where their bread is buttered and where it's buttered is you know fossil fuels and big oil and what that does is Mm -hmm. it gives them money and that's what you know I I often think about something you say about uh, you know if you really love your country you say you do but yet you're doing what you're doing, climate change and oil and all these things, being more progressive, that would actually help your constituents. But you don't do that because it doesn't help you. Right now. Right, right now. And it and it might, exactly. And, and it right might to sacrifice
1: tomorrow. your parking spot. You know, a little disappointed yesterday, Howard, looking at our uh, Facebook, the Humble and Fred Facebook feed after having Tony on. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Like, it's, again, like, what has been lost on the left where you don't want to or you don't think you should have to listen to the other side like often you know when you let people talk they expose themselves for what they are which can help in the end and it was just interesting even you know when mike boone's on later i want to take issue with something he said he you know it refers to you know the the uh Pierre of. Uh, infomercial well no it wasn't tony was on he's working with him he just threw it out there what they're doing and we've put out the offer if anybody wants to talk about the other side we're more than happy to talk about the other side but why wouldn't you want to hear that stuff why wouldn't you want to hear the other side's position <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, and,
0: and think about it, the per, well. And I, I thought you were going to talk about Boone's other comment about how uh, that the golf talk was better than the Pierre Poliev talk.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: and apparently Boone's right. coming on today. So he's going to give Ooh, me what for? Little... You know, it's going to be podcast gold. But it, it is interesting. Most of the time on this show, mm-hmm. if somebody didn't know your political history, yes, and. They would certainly glean from the kind of conversations we have, like the one we just had. Climate change, oil, progressiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, They would certainly probably imagine you being more liberal, certainly Mm -hmm. me. But I I don't have the conservative history you have. Although, ironically, I've probably voted as much conservative as I I have liberal. But overwhelming on this program. We're pretty liberal, social guys. Open, You know, most of our humor is pretty evenly divided. And yet we have this Clement guy on once in a while to air out this Pierre Polyevs. Listen, there were lots of things in Tony's rap yesterday that I went, you know, you can look up and go, okay, it's he's not quite as squeaky clean as you're making him. There's lots of stink attached to him. I even said that. But I agree with you. Well, why can't we have that guy on just to present the other side?
1: And, you know, when I read that stuff, I think I almost feel sorry for people that are in that position because I think, oh, my goodness, you're being hoodwinked by the slick Justin Trudeau. You know what I mean? Seriously, do you you take as much time to analyze and dissect Trudeau as you do your fear of Poliev before it's even happened? You know what I mean? Because... You know, I again, I've said it many times. I don't like Justin Trudeau, and I want to move on from that. But my decision will be based on, as the election starts to take form, and these guys are running against each other, and the campaign has started, if all these creeps, you know, these evangelicals and these trucker-style people, if there's a real push to support them through the pulley of camp, he's going to lose me. If he denounces that faction or those factions, well, then I'm going to listen to what he has to say about running the country. That's my position. But the thing is, I'm going to listen.
0: Yeah, I understand.
1: And what you said about, you know, again, as
0: I I, just getting back to my point about you and I are pretty Mm -hmm. left leaning. Yeah, I know we joke around and we, you know, dick around. But think about, you know, our targets on on a pretty regular basis. Mm hmm. And I wasn't completely convinced yesterday, but I like Tony enough. And, I, you know, again, I'm going to I don't I didn't have enough information at my fingertips. But, you know, I did mention a couple times, you know, that Poliev does have a stink on him. And I looked at those comments and I thought, you know, that if nothing else, it stirs people up. But the point mm-hmm. I wanted to make is this just because propaganda is coming like the people on the left hear what they want to hear the way the people on the right do. And just mm-hmm. because you think you're on the side of good over evil, it doesn't mean that there's not propaganda on the side of good as well. Like And, and what you just said is so uh, apt, I believe. Just because you support you know Trudeau and you don't think that the CBC should be defunded, and that's all great, but don't think you're not being fed information tailored for your desires. <laughs> because we
1: are. We all are. But but some another responsibility we have when you say Poliev has stink on him. Yes, he does. But maybe he doesn't deserve it all either because of what you say, propaganda and, you know, social media and the way things these things work nowadays that you really have to be beware of what you're reading and what you're seeing because you don't know where it's coming from and why it's coming from there. So, yeah, he's got some stink on him. But, again, it's my responsibility, yours, everyone's, to actually, as you say, drill down or whatever the term was. Um, well, we're going to say this is going to be a great segue to some yeah.
0: th- first some clips. And we've got about six minutes. So we're going to we should get to these first ones. But I just want to say, again, and I'm not I know, you know, it's a good point, but I, I think there's a real disconnect where Listen, I, I have a Twitter feed that's populated with things that are coming to me for you is part. Think about it. I have my whole thing says for you. So it's stuff that I've, I've, I've liked. So I get more of it. And sometimes people on the left forget that. And, you know, Boone can argue all he wants. But but remember, all of that information comes to you. It's been curated for you. You know, and again, we talk a lot about exactly. the propaganda on the right and the whole the the Republican Party and that machine. But there's a machine on the left as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, of course, there
0: is. And just because you agree with it doesn't not doesn't make it less mm-hmm. propaganda.
1: Yeah, and we just can't be in the position yet in Canada where you know conservative men bad, liberal men good, regardless of what they say or what they're doing. I mean. You know, traditionally, this, well, like the states, we flip back and forth as far as liberal and conservative. And, um, again, we, I, I, I just see sides digging in here, too, and it's a little disconcerting.
0: Okay, we've got uh, five before May, I think. She's probably going to be prompt because she's like that. Uh, this was a story. Why don't you set it up? I've got the clips. Pretty, pretty, it goes, it goes with what we're saying.
1: Well, artificial intelligence, you know, has been in the news lately. And, uh, again... <laughs> You know, on the surface, you know, it's fun to see what artificial intelligence can do. But on the flip side, we have to worry about what it can do. And like anything else through social media and technology now, there's an evil element that you have to be aware of. And the mayoralty race in Toronto already, there's some deep concerns because AI has been used to put words in the mouths of uh, candidates Things they have not said, positions they are not in. And we have a couple of clips here. The first guy is Brad Bradford. Okay,
0: and just to to be clear, too, these are social media accounts they didn't create. Yes. And uh, the one is, uh, but they're sort of similar,
1: called uh, Brad Bradford Facts, and this other one is Mark Saunders Facts so these are two guys running for mayor and already this twitter the these clips have been released on twitter of them saying things they didn't say using artificial intelligence and just at this municipal level this is being used as a weapon now i, I and my concern as i said to Howard, where is it going but anyway just yeah completely.
0: so the first one is brad bradford who you don't if you didn't know he's um, was he a counselor already I think so. Okay. I'm not sure how he. We... But listen to what, what, listen to what, and again, I don't know his voice, but I'm assuming this sounds like him.
4: Toronto, my name is Brad Bradford, and I'm running for mayor because I'm ambitious. I've been in council for five years, voting against rent control and to violently clear people from encampments. <laughs> Some politicians are what? accused of being in bed with developers. I am, literally. I voted against child care subsidies and offering universal child care. I've been John Tory's right hand man, voting with him 90% of the time, all while trash piles up in our streets. I've also been one of the least effective counselors.
0: So, if you didn't know, you'd see this and go, what? Now, the comments underneath, uh, people seem to get, like, oh, by the way, this is, uh, let the record show that this is satire. Uh, but if hmm. you didn't know that, you might be swayed. Here's uh, Mark Saunders, who I do, uh, have heard of. It's time
2: to be honest. The city is broken, and I helped break it by eroding trust in our institutions and delivering worse results while demanding endless budget increases. My name is Mark Saunders, and I used to be Toronto's police chief. You have to call out the status quo for what it is, a failure. Every year, the police budget has increased while TTC has faced fare hikes and service cuts under my watch Toronto police almost stopped traffic enforcement entirely while we saw more people killed on our
0: unsafe streets and it goes on like that so you know I mean again most people who see this I think are gonna get the idea that this is a parody or a satire
1: well, again, those that are writing that it's satire may be supporters of those people trying to, you know, head it off at the past. But again, what I, uh, my concern and the conversation we had before the show is how superficial people are with a lot of those things. You click on it. You hear it. Now it's gospel. You know, yep. it's that that's the concern. And if it's being used at the municipal level, we're going to see it in provincial. We're going to see it in federal. And it's we're going to be in a position where everything you see or hear is going to have to be fact-checked two or three times. I mean, for your own benefit, for your own peace of mind. It's scary shit. Like, it, it is. And, I, and as I said to you, you
0: know, like I <clears> – <throat> when when a lot of this stuff – chat gpt and the ai revolution that is upon us when all when all of that started in the news you know we were on our way to mexico or i was and Mm -hmm. i remember reading some things about it and i was going to ask my kids about it and and i said to you i sort of decided that maybe this is my best before technology date (laughs) and what i mean by that is like Mm -hmm. i don't know that like, will I ever... And I may be naive, because maybe there's AI um, uh, th- um, applications I haven't known about or thought about. But in terms of just getting just having an essay completed, like, I don't know that I need to investigate all the aspects of AI. Now, I might come back a couple years from now and go, oh, remember when you said that, you stupid idiot? But, like, I don't know. I just don't know that I need to jump into it, you know?
1: Oh, no, like... Um you know, each to their own. But I know I wouldn't. I won't. And I still maintain: the day we stop doing this show, the Humble and Fred show, I'm going to super withdraw from from it all. I just am. Like it's not. It's not healthy. It just isn't. You know, when we were in Mexico, I really was
0: off my phone more than mm-hmm. I am here. Like, really, really. I, I yeah. part of it was for uh, economic reasons. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be on my phone, the data, all that stuff. Although, the let's just be honest, the gig sky is the best. It saved us. But I just yes. wasn't on my... I was off my phone most of the time. And it does put you in a different frame of mind. I'm on my phone quite a lot. Just even researching stuff for the show research. You know, but I mean, reading See, yeah. things. I'm just, I'm just on it. Yes. You
1: and know? often, you know, while you're researching for the show, there's so much information and so much of it nowadays is negative for the reasons we just displayed, evildoers, yeah. um, it just puts you in the wrong place. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like you could be sitting there just cruising along with your day and then pick up your phone and read something, then all of a sudden you're aggravated. It's like, well, how much of that can you take? And I know in our position sometimes you have to because – If we're going to do this show every day, we have to be somewhat enlightened about what's going on in the world. But, um, and I appreciate that about you. I mean, I, I
0: I actually mm -hmm. one of the things I enjoy here. Here comes to me. I was going to say one of the things I enjoy about doing it is like I know I can. I send you stuff and you read it. You Mm -hmm. send me stuff and I read it. And you know, I'm I'm like I've got somebody else who I know is equally interested in this sort of cultural whatever. But I, I did enjoy the. Being able to kind of remove myself Especially the weeks we yeah. didn't work down there mm-hmm. Alright, let's uh, let, You know, let's just If you want to talk about a palate cleanser Let's uh, Welcome to our program Someone that, Well, I don't know do we, Should we just like run what we said the other day? Is it obvious that we both admire this person And uh, respect it and, and adore her and love her? I'm not sure she, Are you going to turn Your uh, camera on May pots
5: uh, You know I'm on my phone Because for some reason I had an issue With connections here Oh uh, Okay well, That's alright computer I wasn't getting Any connection With you guys I don't know why Very weird So um, My camera And I'm looking On my phone And I can't figure that thing out Here we are Hold on Gosh It, it's, it sucks Being bad At technology Things you Oh there all- you are
0: here I am. Hi, sweet me
5: Hello, <laughs> oh, darlings.
0: Oh, my God. Um, well, obviously, we're, we wanted to have you on because it's been too long, and you heard our, I don't know. You know, did you think that, why are Humble and Fred talking about me so much? Are they that desperate for content? No.
3: <laughs>
0: no, we are
5: not. <laughs> you are, you know, you guys, both of you have always been so kind to me. We've known each other for decades. And um, I can't appreciate, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the kindness you guys always show me. And I love you guys right back. And I just, um, i I'm very grateful that you have reached out to me to share this good news because I am very humbled by it, so to speak. I was blown away when I was told that I was getting this award. And I'm even more blown away by the amount of people that are, you know, talking about it and congratulating me. But you two in particular Always have been kind and always have have treated me well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well,
1: you know, you are one of the good ones. And I think, you know, an award like that, you know, it's a funny business. It's very competitive. And sometimes when people get certain recognitions, it's like, oh, really? They really deserve that. (laughs) I think It's true. Universally, I think everyone is thrilled for you because you're May Potts. And the person that you are and the person you have been. Over the 40, 40 years I've known you now, we've we've been friends. Uh, yeah, well-deserved.
5: Thank you. Although I must admit, um, I was even shocked when they called to tell me I was getting it. I am in company with some of the most amazing women in this industry. And it's not to, you know, my daughter says, what, do you still have imposter syndrome or what's the deal? And I said, <laughs> But I said, I don't think um, there's a lot of us who just, we we look at this, we get up, we go to work. We go to work. I don't think about awards or anything like that. Um, I love, love my job. So to be getting any kind of award associated with it is just such a uh, added privilege to the life I already have.
0: Now, just I was just looking it up really quickly, May, because I wanted to talk about something. What The name of the award once again, the Rosalie...
5: Yeah, Rosalie Trombley
0: is what's named She was the music director at CKLW, uh, Trailblazer, etc. But part of the conversation, I'm not sure how much you listen to, but the other day when we were talking about you and our admiration for you, and I totally agree with what Fred said, you know, sometimes people get things and you're like, what? How come them? But uh, (laughs) in your case, the Rosalie Trombley Award was so well-deserved. But part of the thing I said is when I started in the business, 1977, there wasn't one woman on the air, in any capacity. And then when I got to Vancouver, there was one, a woman who did news, and then eventually, you know, and Fred pointed out, yeah, Marsden was uh, ahead of his time, but has, was, did it ever irk you, occur to you, did it ever bug you that there weren't more opportunities for women?
5: Well, here's the funny thing. Um, I guess once I got into the radio game, it did. But I'm one of those people, and I don't mean to sound in, in any way disrespectful, I didn't grow up or have aspirations to be in radio. It came to me very organically. So I didn't look at the field that way. I, I was a I listened to the radio and I was a, a fan. But really, what got me here was I had a real big passion for music. I've always had a great passion for people. And I ended up sort of through just a series of events. I went to Ryerson and I was taking radio and television and I hadn't intention of getting into television production believe it or not but Mm -hmm. while there in that first year of radio um i started realizing hey wait a minute this sort of incorporates a bunch of things that i love i love talking (laughs) <laughs> always have. Um, I love people and I love music. And wait a minute, let me join the campus radio station that was done on the recommendation of my first year radio teacher. And from there, I've never looked back. So initially, I didn't look at the field as why are there no women there? Mm-hmm. When I landed in it, it was a little bit shocking. I did have some women that I could look, look up to that I listened to on air, but they were far and few between. Um at, And why, of course, Liz Janik was a a warm, wonderful voice and and a mentor to me at times. And so, you know, but so initially I didn't see it with those eyes of why aren't there more women? Mm
3: -hmm.
5: Once I got in, it was interesting because I also, in one way, it was a blessing. I didn't emulate any other women because, Mm -hmm. there, you know, a lot of guys who came up in radio listening to their favorite jocks had that initial stage of trying to sound like someone else. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that because I really didn't have anyone else that I was trying to sound like. And I think one of the great things was um, when I got to CFNY, I had already been working in radio and I'd already been, you know, working on my skills and, and developing who I was on air. But when I got to CFNY, it was eighties in the eighties it was still um and because I was being hired for the overnight shift, it was still very much a, a game of, oh well if you're the overnight chick, you're supposed to sound like this. And <laughs> and I remember Martin <laughs> and saying, I know you're hiring specifically for overnights. I hope that you're not expecting me to take on that kind of a persona because I would be laughing my face off throughout mm-hmm. and I can't I can't do that come hither to thing with seriousness. So he said And this is where Marston was such a godsend, and and you you know this about the station. He only wanted people who were true to themselves. And he said to me, May, I don't want you to be anybody except who you are. Be who you are on the air, and that'll carry you. Yeah, it's carried you
0: you for 40 years.
5: (laughs) Well, aren't I the privileged one, right, in this industry? gosh.
1: If I had a nick if I had a nickel for every time I heard someone say, I love Maypots, um I'd be a rich man. Hey, did you not start at the AM station?
5: I sure did. In 1983, I was at CKMW. That was my first radio gig. And and that was my first professional gig where I was getting paid. Hence, that's why this is my 40th year now in radio. How Amazing.
1: And, and what's interesting about that, I remember you and Scott Turner, because you guys were hired by the little AM station, obviously, probably with a mind to get into CFNY. That's what a lot of people did. And I remember first hearing you guys on the radio thinking, wow, you know Scott Turner, that big booming voice he had, and so really articulate, and in that coming out of the speaker with the little AM radio station, thinking that guy is good, and the same with you, it was like, wow, who are these people? Who are these people? And, I, by yeah. the time
0: by the time I got there, May, you were fully formed in nineteen eighty nine. And by the way, people who are watching on Facebook, yeah, we know May's uh, phone is frozen, but we can hear her. That's all that matters.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh dear,
0: it doesn't matter. But when I got there. You know that was quite a lineup uh we had uh, and I'm thinking about maybe it was either before or after I left the first time but but that edge lineup was uh, pretty solid when you think about who we had and May was doing May did May you did middays after us for a long time
5: Yeah that actually became my my special spot and I I was very grateful for that because after the morning thing um when there was that change of ownership um, Vince DiMaggio, that was his name, right? That's right, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. He's dead.
5: (laughs) I know. (laughs) The late
0: Vince DiMaggio. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
5: Um, He came to me and said you know, where do you see yourself going from here? Because I wasn't staying on mornings. And he says, what would you, what would you like next? Actually, there was an option to do traffic on the mornings. And I said, mm, that's not really what I want to do. No. So he, he said, what, what, what would you like? And at that time, Lauren came along, had had been born. And I thought I'd like the middays as a working mom. That's the perfect shift. And for life, that's a great shift that has worked out very well for me because it's just terrific hours and. And so, yeah, I was eight years mid um, middays at um, at uh, CFNY. And, and I,
0: because I, I remember distinctly now that uh, I would always finish the show by saying, uh, "Stand by, you know, the lovely May Potts is coming up next." And I said that many, many times. If I had a nickel for every time I said, <laughs> "May Potts is coming up," um, what about today? I mean, we worked together off and on, you and I, and Fred, and then you and I at Boom before they decided that maybe not having me would be a better option. But you know, that's worked out. How about every day? Because Freddie and I have talked about this recently, maybe even the other day in the Maypot's tribute section about listening to you. And when I hear you now and, and how just fresh and how not tired. I know this is going to sound weird. How not tired of it you sound. Is that you know what I mean? Can I use this word with May? Yes. Right.
1: Right. Yes. Oh, oh, Delise <laughs> De- again, Delise and I last week driving out to our mothers and I, we had boom on and you start talking. That's just what I think. Bright brightness.
0: And you know what yes. I'm saying, uh, Freddie? Like like May doesn't sound mm. tired of it all. You don't sound like you know. Mm-hmm. It, I know you've been doing this for 40 years, but somebody who didn't know that would listen to you and think you were, you know, someone brand new and enjoying the business. Is is that yes. still part? Do you still love it?
5: I love it so much. Good. It was. I ran into um, Scott Turner recently when we were doing the CFNY documentary stuff, and he says to me, "He goes, May, do you like?" What what about thoughts of retirement? Like what are you know, what what are you I go, hell no. <laughs> I still love what I do. It's it's still new in so many ways. And I gotta tell you, I am so lucky because I have had such a long time in the market that when I come into work, people phone and I'm talking to longtime listeners. Every day I hear from people saying, Oh yeah, listen to you back and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm also talking now to kids whose parents listen to me and they're calling in, they're requesting Echo of the Bunnyman, Lips Like Sugar or whatever, like uh, Fireworks just yesterday by the Tragically Hip to send it out to their folks, you know, and so there's there's always um, a feeling of connection and newness with this gig that I just love. If I didn't love it, I would be looking at maybe doing something else. I mean, obviously we can, but I don't want to. I love my job.
1: And you you know, another reason I feel good for you, number one, is because, you you know, you love your job. You just explained that. But you have landed. You are at a monster radio station, Mm -hmm. and I really think you deserve that. Like, that station is kicking ass in Toronto. It really is. And has gone by the traditional, you know, big boys, so to speak. And it's nice to see you settled in there and enjoying that success. Because, again, you deserve it.
5: Thank you. Again, you guys are going to – your kindness to me is always a little overwhelming. I have to say, how how lucky am I to land in a place where my experience would be of value? Absolutely. Of 70s, 80s, and 90s music? Come on. I mean, what would you do with a 25-year-old in there? Sure, you could put someone in, but would they – Authenticity I was just going to, to use that word that music?
0: Yeah, it's inauthentic When you talk about that music It's mm-hmm. because you've not only lived through it But you've lived on the radio through it And I think also that comes out um, you know, it's been a while, it's been a few months since I've heard you, but I've listened to you enough and, and boom, still is the only AEF, you know, the only local radio station that I will actually, you know, put on because I like the music. And if it's in the middle of the day, I like hearing you do it. Um, may the reason we're so nice to you is because the rest of the time, time we're just such evil pricks mm-hmm. that we need,
3: <laughs> we, <No.
5: laughs>
0: we need it as a palate cleanser to the nasty things we normally talk about.
5: You are so- funny. No. You know what everybody knows with all that nastiness you guys are big-hearted guys. I know that. No, okay. <laughs> well,
0: don't tell it. too many people.
1: But but just to be clear too for uh, maybe somebody didn't hear the previous um, um a podcast, the award you're getting is what's it called again? The Rosalie Trombley Award. I asked her. The no, okay. The Rosalie Tromblade. No, I want to be clear. Oh, and right. what does? Yeah. And it recognizes what?
5: Well, women who are uh, trailblazers in the industry. Right. So the, you know, I'm in great company with folks mm-hmm. like you know Liz Janet, who I mentioned yeah. earlier. But also like Denise Donlan, Aaron Davis, Aaron Davis, uh, Maureen Bully, but also many women whose names you may not recognize because they've worked behind the scenes in the industry. So, you know, you've got Susan Bargetti, who's at CBC. She was Mm -hmm. recognized. And um, Betty Seelen. you you know, there's. Mm -hmm. There's, there's 17 women who have so far been honored. And like I said, to be included in this list of uh, radio trailblazers, women in broadcasting, uh, which is, you know, the group that uh, is, mm-hmm. is behind this. I can't thank them enough. It really is something. And you know what? My first thought, first of all, of being shocked what uh, and thanking them for winning. My second thought was, oh, no, I have to come up with a speech. That's
0: right. You're going to be oh, at, at a God, luncheon. Because-
5: and I, I've been at the speeches that these women have done and they've all been so amazing and engaging and now I gotta tell you, you'll be great. I'm a little freaked out. Listen man, you'll, you'll be, great. <laughs> be great.
1: You'll you'll pull it off. Hey, are men allowed into this uh, luncheon or is this strict? Huh?
5: Absolutely. Sure. You know, okay. no, it can't become a, a radio trailblazer. Well, this is a women's a award.
0: Could, could you no, maybe, because no, that's weird. No one to wants to give us an award. award. Maybe these gals will. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> May Potts, um, uh, we Days on Boom 973, mm-hmm. and uh as always, uh, number one in our hearts, May. Thank you very much.
5: Oh, guys, Uncle Fred, thank you so much for having me on.
0: And here's a little fireworks by the tragically Hip for you, my friend.
5: Thanks, May. Hey.
1: Thanks, May. Cheers. Congratulations.
0: God damn May Pots, huh? How sweet is she. You know, Mae Potts is like the uh, Ted Lasso of midday radio. She's just good. Just goodness. It's all she does. She's just good. No, I know. She's not trying to hurt anybody. No. Let me just try and get... I just get her off the thing here. There we go. All right.
1: Ah, you know, there you go. You know, and, and she touched on uh, something there, and uh, you did as well. Um, the fact she's authentic when talking about that music. And, and, and what, you know... Um, um, good for boom to make that determination and recognition you know what i mean because so many of these places now you know you toss out the veterans and bring in somebody at half the price Mm -hmm. obviously they have a mind to the product which is fantastic because again She's so authentic with the music she plays in the middle of the day.
0: I agree with you. Because look Mm. at the lineup. You know, forget the fact that they said, hey, in order for this station to be successful, we need to get rid of Howard. But what they do (laughs) is they've got three legacy. (laughs) That was their strategy. They said, how can we actually take this station to the top? Um, They have three legacy announcers. They've got Stu. Jeffries in the Morning, again, authentic, Mm -hmm. lived through that music. Um, A a total radio guy that knows that music is part of it. And then the afternoon dude, KJ, after May, he is also one of those announcers who just sounds, you know, I'll say this, congruent with the format. And I'm going to say also, those guys aren't cheap. They're not being paid entry-level wages. Um, You know, so, again, good on them for recognizing that's, it makes this product better by having people that are part of the product that they're, you know, selling.
1: Yeah, and that twenty five fifty four, they just—that's a demographic very important in radio. They just kick living ass, man. Oh yeah, and I agree. And with you that's too. what it's all about. You know,
0: we've been in the market, you and I, for so long, and Chum FM and Chfi were always a perennial, like so far ahead of the rest of us. And it's kind of cool that another station came along, and again. Once they figured out their strategy, get rid of Howard, then we'll take this thing to the top. Uh, hey, we got a bunch of clips to get to, and we have a bunch of uh, content left, so don't go away. Uh, but first, the Fred man's got some good news.
1: Uh, the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was on yesterday. Maybe you heard that uh, segment about planning, you know, having a plan. Uh, you know, what... Uh, what you need to think about going forward, get everything, get your ducks in a row, as they say, Uh, because listen, it's a complex situation, but when you have someone like Tim, it becomes simplified because he'll just show you the way, what you have to do, the sacrifices you might have to make to make sure that you have a decent retirement. He's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett, RetirementSherpa.ca.
0: If you've been sitting around wondering, you know, I've got this great idea. How can I bring it to life? Bring it to life with GoDaddy. No credit cards required. I've mentioned that a few times. They've been helping uh, entrepreneurs and small business people. Over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers around the planet. What that says to me and what it should say to you is that they know what they're doing. Uh, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website and everything else you need to get your business online. No credit cards required today. You can start it for free, and what you also get is free and friendly 24 and 7 phone support. If you're finally ready to launch your product, today's the day to do it with GoDaddy.ca. That's GoDaddy.ca. I uh, mentioned Ted Lasso with Mae Potts there. I don't know if you've been... Are you up to date? The new episode dropped last night or yesterday? Oh,
1: um, last night? No, no. Are, I, I've, I've seen the first, what, four? Last night was five? Was yeah,
0: I, I don't... By the way, yeah. when I say last night, I don't know when in this new world we're... I'm assuming at midnight, like Tuesday night at midnight. I don't know. Whenever it drops, I, I watched okay. it last night. And here's how I can tell that I love the series. And I don't know if you do this. I wanted to just before we get to our clips section. But um, I know when something really has me engaged because several times during the time I'm watching it, I, paw- I just hit the pause button because I want to know how much time is left because I don't want mm-hmm. it to be over. Right. Did yeah. you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that two or three times last night because it was it was it was such a good episode. And I'm like, ah,
1: you know. I'm happy. I was like like that with the offer. I didn't want it to end. Yes. And when I got to the last episode, I'm thinking, oh, shit, this is, and then same thing, scrolling through that, like, oh, there's 15 minutes left of this gold. Oh, that sucks. You know, the first time I did it, there was about, there was more time left than I had watched, and
0: that makes me feel good. And then the last (laughs) time I do it, there was about seven minutes left in the episode. I'm like, Damn. I will tell you I've, And it's been great this year It was. I, I can't think of a bad one The only the only Ted Lasso episode I never It didn't really jive with me There's two of them There was the one with the other coach Where he does that night in London On his own Yeah, that was weird It's kind of weird And then the Christmas one Was a bit Sort of
1: not yes. quite on point uh, Okay, where do we want to start? I, 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 and again, I'm not going to say it But I have a feeling I know where it's going Teddy Lasso I have a feeling where I well okay
0: what well, because I think we talked about this on the air last week where we think we think that they're not going to win the championship no we, that, and, and I can tell you they, they won't after last night that's not in the cards and we, we called this last week yeah. so what do you think I think they're going to finally beat West Ham though
1: oh yeah oh no I think ultimately he's going home yes I could just yeah in episode four, just that conversation with his wife. I'm thinking.
0: Um, I think he's going to. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to leave
1: of his own accord. I don't think he's going to be fired. Oh no! I, yeah, I think he's. I think he's going home with his wife and kid.
0: But I think he's. Uh, I think I. I just hope actually. I he and and Nate will be reconciled, but he will beat that team. They'll, because. What's her face, uh, Rebecca, the the owner? She's got a win over Rupert for me.
1: Yeah, she's interesting woman, isn't oh, she? Oh yeah, you can't help but have dirty thoughts. Oh my God, <laughs> no! Hmm. I she was she
0: I you know I'm going to tell you I'm not much into blondes, but she is so weird. No, I'm going to say that's the wrong word. Strangely attractive, just yes, huge woman, but just beautiful. There's a couple close ups <laughs> of her last night. She's mm-hmm. just stunning. Yes. How old is she? I have no idea. Would she be in her Lord. 40s? I haven't
1: done that research. Come actually. on and do some research. I haven't even checked her net worth yet.
0: Well, come, what is it? What, come on, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Before we uh, have the big uh, Boone showdown here, um, there's just a couple things. I don't want to get like, I've got so many clips of Trump. I'm just bored of that. I could give a shit, and you know, I'm just him. You know, the the thing I took away was the fucking look on Tucker Carlson's face when we all
1: know that he's tweeted to people Mm -hmm. that he despises the guy. When I see stuff on social media, people retweet him, and people I even know retweet uh, Tucker Carlson. It's like, like how pathetic. Again, you're more pathetic than Tucker Carlson is. He's a spineless little jellyfish excuse for a little man. And he's he's your go to guy for information or or opinion or or
0: I don't do. Do I know anyone that, you know, that retweets Tucker fucking Carlson?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the The only guy that owns the guy that owns the. um, Oh, you're kidding me. The junkyard. Yeah. Oh,
0: you're fucking kidding me. Uh, The one thing I will say that's been debunked already, like, you know, Trump's there. And again, it's so pathetic knowing that Tucker Carlson on record talking about how much he despises Trump is just looking at him like, yes, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. So Trump told this story. I won't play the clip, but he tells the story about how when he was being indicted, people were crying. Well, that's now been debunked
6: <laughs> like the
0: fact that, all the the people that had to fingerprint him, all the people that worked at the, uh, uh center. Oh, th-
1: oh, they were crying. They were crying. Oh, Never see anything people. like it.
0: They were crying. because oh, the,
1: They so didn't want to do this to Mr. President saying oh. things
0: like 2024, Mr. President. Well, Ugh. all of that turns out to be a lie, but, uh, that that's for another day. Um, we've got a couple of clips here. Uh, one is from the coach, of which team, Freddie? Oh, the
1: San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm.
0: Greg Popovich, who is, uh, you, you mentioned you thought he was the owner, but he's a high-level executive as well as the coach of this uh, basketball yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And this was taken a few days ago. I think this might even be a week old now. It doesn't know. There's a mass murder every fucking day in that country. And here's the coach at a press conference.
6: I couldn't believe it, so I wrote this thing down to Senator Marsha Blackburn, her her comment after after the massacre, my office is in contact with federal, state, and local officials, and we stand ready to assist. In what? They're dead. What are you going to assist with? Cleaning up their brains off the wall? Wiping the blood off the schoolroom floor? What are you going to assist with? And then, he, and then there's Governor Lee. You know, I'm sorry to go on and on, but Bill Lee. I'm closely monitoring the tragic situation. Please join us in prayer. What are you monitoring? They're dead, children. They're dead. Amendment to freedom. You know, it's just—it's a myth. It's a joke. It's, it's just a game they play. I mean, that's freedom. Is it freedom for kids to go to school and try to socialize and try to learn and be scared to death that they might die that day? But Ted Cruz will fix him because he's going to double the number of cops in the schools. That's what he wants to do. Well, that'll create a great environment. Is that freedom? Or is it freedom to have a congressman who can make a postcard with all his family holding rifles, including an AR-15 or whatever? Is that cool? Is that like street cred for a Republican? That's freedom? That's more important than protecting the kids? I don't get it. You know, the greed of the gun lobbies and the manufacturers is obvious. We all know that. Money talks. But the cowardice... And the selfishness of the legislators who are so scared to death of being primaried and losing their job losing their power losing their salary you'd like to get each one of them in a room just one by one and say what's more important to you if you could vote for some good gun safety laws that most of the public agrees to would you do that if it saved one kid or is your job and your money so important to you that you would say screw the kid?
0: Pretty powerful stuff, huh? From mm-hmm. an and as you say, from a guy, I'm I'm I was hoping you're okay with us playing the whole thing. Because it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. He's the coach of a basketball team in Texas.
1: And he gets and again, he gets trashed by the usual suspects all the time. Who oh, does he know? Oh yeah, it's so simple for Pavovich, you know. No, he he. <laughs> Well, I think he nails it.
0: Well, it kinda of sums up a lot of stuff we've been talking about recently and forever, uh, which is that if you have a job that pays one hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars a year, how do you get to twenty or forty or fifty million in five or six years? Well, you take money. Mm-hmm. Again, their system is so much different than ours. You can actually take money from mm-hmm. a lobbyist and keep it. Like that's where the system is broken I don't get into a whole discussion about term limits again But, but that's uh, So that's that clip um, We've played the uh, AI stuff And uh, just before Dan Duran's uh, News Do you uh, think we should do the email of the week? Oh we can do that You know what I'm yeah. going to save mine Because it'll be part of tomorrow's show Because it's going to take a little bit of time to sort of get into And we'll, disc- we'll have a, a big discussion around it Well but, then should I? Well yours is a little quicker Okay. Let me uh let me get the cool version of this song because I got to tell you. These this isn't the only person by the way that you're about to read that uh said
1: what you're about to say.
3: Yeah,
1: this is from Glenn uh glenn at uh, west oak marine i guess hi guys uh, all it took oh was gosh. mentioning we built this city and i started hearing it in my head hearing it all day yesterday heard it in the middle of the night hearing it this morning Got any other crap songs we can all enjoy <laughs> as an earworm i'm fucking normal he uh he oh yeah, that that's from
0: mine. glenn jones <laughs> i should get a t-shirt that says i'm fucking normal um <laughs> <laughs> that was just something else but what was his name glenn
1: Yes, from West Glenn Oaks? Jones.
0: Right, our buddy from West Oak. Well, mm-hmm. uh, and again, on tomorrow's show, you're going to hear us talk a lot about uh, a bunch of other emails, including some other people that said the same thing as Glenn. I got to tell you, I agree with him. Ever since you brought that up for a couple of days, I haven't been able to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. and no, I know. yesterday I was out with Stan and I was hearing the song in my fucking head and I said mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta do something else and so I, they recommend that you put another song in there
1: <laughs> the problem was the other mm-hmm. song I put in there was The Phantom <laughs> Oh. <laughs> really?
3: yeah. oh, man.
1: when May was on I was going to say like hey I was listening the other day and I shut it off when I heard uh, we built this city and I thought no that's negative it was also positive and bouncy and nice that I wasn't going to say that yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dan come on back I want you to hear this clip from Louis CK it's basically for you um, uh, yeah are you done why don't we do this why don't we have a second here before uh, Dan and okay. Boone uh, let's do 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 do. Let's talk about bulldog. Let's do it. Here's a little uh, book of Teague while we're doing that. Hang on. Here we go.
1: Maple Leafs. Uh, Maple Leafs play the last game of the regular season tonight in New York against the Rangers. It's a nothing game. Leafs know know who they're going to play. Rangers know who they're going to play. It's all set. You know, it's carved in stone, as they say. The only thing about tonight that might be interesting: Mitch Marner has 99 points. Will he be able to get to the 100 mark, the century mark, which is very significant to be able to say... But I hit the century mark. I got 100 points in a NHL regular season. So we'll keep our eye on that. The Rangers favored in this nothing game. Minus 130 there. Uh, the over under 6.5 goals. Uh, whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan of poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully-loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994.
0: Zowie. Um, Dan Duran's back. I was talking to Edmonton Steve. Oh, yeah. Uh, last night. And uh, he just, I, it's funny because when we were talking about Mark Maron Fred earlier in the week, I had meant to bring up the fact that Steven has worked with him. Oh, has he really? Yeah, I uh, did. Because Steven's one of the producers for Just for Laughs. And, uh, as you know, and, uh, I, I, I'd known that. Stephen has told me that Mark's he had worked on a gala with Mark and, and I thought that was cool. But the, the interesting thing that Stephen had told me, and i I thought, I thought for sure I had told this to you, that Marin is actively trying to get his Canadian citizenship.
1: That's right. And I, I was thinking we should talk to Boone. I, you know, maybe he might come on the show because he has such, a passion for Canadians and the Canadian way of life. No, he's thinking, I think in BC, he's yeah. looking at some property or something. He just wants to get away from it all. And he just thinks we're so much civilized, uh, much more civilized than they are, that he wants to be part of this culture.
0: Well, Edmonton Steve said the exact same mm-hmm. thing. He said, You guys should try and get him on because there's a chance. I mean, because, and that's why I said to Stephen, maybe you can help us out. Maybe there's something. Some connection Where we could get to Mark's people And say hey We're just a couple of podcasters And I think if Mark found mm-hmm. out How long we've been doing it Yes I'm sure he gets asked to do A bunch of podcasts all the time But you know with Because he predates us By a few years Not not many But by a couple mm-hmm. But I think if Maren found out uh, You know our The time that we've been doing it Might give And the fact that my You know maybe he remembers so That he worked with my brother Sure Sure uh, Dan Duranley uh, Yes You know uh, We made quite a um, Quite a Stink Slash Celebration About you turning uh, Whatever you turned 80 85 Whatever the final Yeah was. somewhere in
2: there Yeah That's yeah. Yeah, uh, just a number Just an age Is just a number
0: <laughs> You know especially At your advanced age, That's why I think people should You know Dig into their pockets And get you a new trailer <laughs> <laughs> Get Dan Duran a new trailer Anyway, Daniel, I saw this clip uh, from Louis C.K. As you know, I'm a big fan I told you he's got a new special out And um, I thought, oh, I I think I know someone who would enjoy this clip Are you ready, Dan? Sure You can live too long, I think (laughs) You can live too long Some people are a hundred Get the fuck out of (laughs) here Nobody knows you going to run into somebody? Hey! <laughs> Some people are even older. Some people are... You ever read about the oldest person in the world? There's always an oldest person. And sometimes you read about them because the other one just died. That's when they tell you that there's a new oldest person. <laughs> Last one I read about was 114.
4: 14, he's a a teenager after a (laughs) hundred.
0: You know what that means? It means he's got a kid who's like 92. (laughs) (laughs) Who's like, please fucking die. I'm just hanging around so I can have one week without you in it. And now, speaking of old. Oh, sorry there, Dan. And now, speaking of old people.
4: Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan
1: Duran, the man's here He's grown to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang
2: so he don't care And his voice is
5: nice and low
2: My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house Hopefully on the mend,
0: feeling better and better each and every day Don't forget, Dan Duran's
2: Hobo Trailer Fund is up and running Here's Dan Duran Okay, just ahead of the upcoming growing season, you guys are going to like this. This is a great new invention, Uh, and we were talking about AI a little bit early. How about this? A laser weeder. A laser weeder. That's cool, man. Really? It kills weeds without harming soil or water and operates autonomously, eliminating the reliance on on manual laborers. It it, it drives itself, uh, well, actually... It's towed behind a tractor, but as it drives down their uh, rows of crops, it uses 12 cameras to scan the ground. Mm. An onboard computer powered by AI identifies the weeds, and the robot's carbon dioxide industrial lasers zap those weeds. Wow. Mm. They can zap 200,000 weeds per hour with their 30
1: onboard lasers. I wonder if um, eventually, you know, the way they develop things that you know the, the 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 weed whacker like you have in your garage that technology will be that simple that you'll just be able to you know weed whack without the string and just point them at weeds and kill them wouldn't that be great because i yeah. i really get tired of putting new string in my weed whacker <laughs> i remember
0: i remember i think it was my second or maybe it was my first house but uh, fred who at the time you know was acting as my you know surrogate parent he said you know what he said this to me I never fucking forgot it he goes you know what the job's not done until you do the edging I was like okay that's right oh yeah Yeah. I never forgot and and sometimes it was the weirdest thing I'd be finishing cutting my grass and I think I don't feel like doing the edging today I'm like oh but what if Fred drives
1: by well, yeah, because nothing, that uh, that always bewildered me. Some guy would cut his lawn to look really nice, but then up against the fences and the patios and stuff, you no see good. the... Mm-hmm. It hasn't been it just looks so incomplete.
2: I know. Job not done. Not it's done. A job not done. I can only imagine the number of... With that uh, new idea of yours, the number of people showing up at uh, emergency wards with toes cut off and things. Yeah.
1: Although, I'll tell you, if I've I've worn open face or open toed sandals before and hit my toe with uh, a weed whacker with the with the string. Mm. Yeah, it'll rip right through your skin, brother. I've done that before. Yeah, oh, but yeah. you know, Dan Duran's like, yeah, whatever. I had a
0: chainsaw on my face. What, the <laughs> <fucken> <laughs> <matter>? <laughs> what are you talking about, Patterson?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Dan, do you have a uh, second story? I think I have a second story. Stand yes. by for
0: second story uh, music. This is the uh... and now with his second story. Don't forget, the Dan Duran Go Fund Dan for a new yes. trailer is still in effect. And now, with news and views, the Dan Duran.
2: All right, with all the heavy stuff going on in the world, these are lighter stories. Have you ever thought about cage diving with sharks? There's I'm a sorry, new sorry business. Ca- cage diving? Yes, no, cage diving no. with sharks. Mm-hmm. There's a new uh, business that offers tourists the chance to cage dive with great white sharks off the coast of Nova Scotia. Hmm. And uh, it's called Atlantic Shark Expeditions. It's a kind of a day thing. You you head out there, three miles out into the uh, into the ocean, and then customers pay three hundred ninety five bucks to go on these trips, and then uh, they get to you know climb into a shark cage with a, a, a wetsuit and a snorkel, yeah. and uh, you know watch the uh, the sharks bang at the the cage. Wait, wait, inside the cage or on the outside of the cage?
0: you'd be inside the cage. Oh, you're the inside the outside. cage. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you, like, you. <laughs> you made it sound like... get at you. You made it sound like, okay, they go out to the... Uh, three miles mm-hmm. in the ocean, and then they put you in a, a cage match
1: with the shark. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, to me, it sounds like bungee jumping. Why? Why yeah. bother? Uh, I love you
0: know, dive. Listen, I've been... had. We've, uh, Dan and I have both been, uh, you know, had he certified in diving for a long time, and I love doing that. But I would know... I, I don't yeah. want to go anywhere near... Mm-hmm. anything larger than a school
2: of something, else. you know, mm-hmm. tiny little fish. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, to me, it wouldn't be a thing. I don't think I'd want to be in uh in a cage. No. And yeah. And watch watch that happen right around you. And, and you know, the. I mean, I've seen uh, in diving, I've seen sh- uh, nurse sharks. Yeah, a little maybe, nurse. I've seen that too. You know, sharks and stuff. You know, it's not that. that it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Look, at, look up there in their natural environment doing their thing. And you know how you tell they're a nurse shark? They got little stethoscopes around their and shark mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like little, ca- little caps. Little yeah. caps. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know. But even just snorkeling in the Caribbean, sometimes if you're snorkeling and like a sizable fish swims. You know by you like over your shoulder or something I find that very unsettling Yeah it can um, be So I, but in a cage and having a shark Bash at me no thanks well, I don't s- need to do that Speaking
0: of being in a cage and having a shark bash at you Let's now take a second And introduce One of our biggest fans One of our so, dearest friends And let's be careful but I mean, A reminder I should say That his head's not working <laughs> that, You know For the last month or so, his head, he's not in his right head. (laughs) (laughs) The producer of this program, the
4: infamous, the notorious Toronto Michael Boone. We built this city as a part of Toronto radio history. Is it? It is the uh, final song played by 680 CFTR when they abandoned Top 40 for uh, the old news format in the early 90s. Oh. You know, when they did
0: that, when they uh, CFTR became 680 News, you thought at the time, like, how could that work? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. of course, they fucking dominated the market for years. Made so much money. That was probably one of the one of those things where a lot of music fans at the time, Booner, you lived here, they probably were like, well, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs>
4: fucking, yeah. about a success no, right. story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, they realized everybody in this city will be stuck in their car for several hours every oh, single yeah. day, and that's uh, gold for AM radio. Mm-hmm. Well, what else is on your mind? Uh, how is your how is your head, by the way? You all right? Uh, you know, headache, but I'm actually like... Uh, Thinking, I got to move on here. It's like this headache might be around for a year, so I'm just gonna like park the headache and just. It's always kind of there. I might be brain damaged, which might explain uh, ex- this. But if you don't mind, humble one, yes, sir. This is where you can tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. We need to clarify something for the Hundy Peas. But you because, hate golf talk on the show. Yeah, we need to just set something straight for the record because the way you've been talking, Boone gives me shit for talking golf. Mm-hmm. It suggests I have at least once in my entire life I have told you maybe less golf talk on Humble and Fred but can you just definitively tell the honey piece I have never ever in my life told you to talk less about golf on the program right you know Mike my, my head doesn't
3: work <laughs> <laughs> people know, I, are like I'm oh you don't want Howard talking golf
0: I'm a 63 year old man <laughs> uh, okay definitively have you ever actually said that to me yeah. probably not
4: no I have never thought to myself, oh, Howard should talk less about golf on Humble and Fred. I've never had this thought. Everything stems. I figured it out. I left one Facebook comment last week when you had a golf person on for half an hour and you talked about golf. And my one comment was something like this this episode of Swing Thoughts is brought to you by, that right. was a Facebook comment and that's where this all stems from.
0: Yes. Yes, you're right. You know what, Mike? Here's the thing. I admit, I, I'm a fragile character and I, you know, trying to be funny, maybe surmise that it would be you know, <laughs> I, was, I was self-conscious about my, my golf talk. And by the way, that segment with the golfer, it wasn't a half an hour but it was, I thought that was a great segment, you know, apropos. But I have no of the comment that, oh, whether it's good or bad. Oh, uh, don't you? If
4: you don't like golf, it's not for you. I totally disagree. Totally. Okay, because I don't care for golf, and I was bored, but I never once thought, for a second, Freddie, I never once thought, oh, they should talk less golf on Humble and Freddie. No. I I never thought that.
1: Well, the funny thing is, if you were bored by that interview, then you weren't listening, because it was about more than golf. It was talking about preparing for an event in your headspace and what you think or who, you, like, this guy competed against Tiger Woods. I don't give a shit whether you're into golf or not. You know who Tiger Woods is. So you weren't listening.
0: And and to be fair, you know, whether you're into golf or not, that was a professional athlete on the day one of the biggest <laughs> events in professional sports was happening. And uh, we thought it was apropos. As a guy, Also a guy I know and I've had some you know familiarity with and and he's funny and engaging. Yeah, but you're defending it as if I said you shouldn't have had him on for half. Like I have well, no. But you but to see. But to, to be fair though, where the, when when I see a comment that says this episode of Swing Thoughts, it infers that you thought the episode was boring, and even now you're saying no, 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 you, no. wait, and now you're saying you thought it was boring. And as our producer, if you thought it was boring, maybe you don't comment on our Facebook page and say this is boring. Maybe yeah. as our producer, you just don't say anything. And leave your Toronto Mike persona on the Toronto Mike page. What happened? Because I mean, no, you, you, you were- listen, you wanted to have a wrestling showdown, but isn't that really the point we're making? We're on our you're on our Facebook page saying this is boring. Oh, wait a no, second! No, no, wait a second! Oh, <laughs> I produced that. I, I produced that show, so I'm producing <laughs> a boring segment. What do you yeah, have to say boring.
4: about this? No, this is what you wanted. No, well, See, you're so thin-skinned i was made my joke which i have you're the stand-up <laughs> comic my joke was oh yeah you have a show about golf right so you do a show i know this because i, I posted for you it's a golf I show know you and do, golf buddy. Golf. so the joke is this chunk of golf in the middle of humble and fred the joke is that's really an episode of swing thoughts i like, carve it out that's your episode of swing thoughts that's the joke i never said boring i never said don't talk you about just said golf, it was boring now no, that's Mike the listener. Mike, oh. not Mike the producer. Okay. Right. Okay. Mike the producer oh. has already booked Tony Clement to return because I know how much you guys love having Tony on the show. Mike the listener is a whole different entity. He's a guy, you know, who cares? Do you really want a, a, a listener who loves every segment of Humble and Fred no. passionately? Like, that's no, back. no, no, I and don't. I,
1: yeah. And can I bring <laughs> some. Let, you know, again, I always use this word. We use the word subjective. It all depends on what you're interested in. Now, you look at that segment with Robert Dameron as boring. You said boring. No, and to, then my, I, yeah, to me. yeah. To you. Okay, so here's why it's subject, subject, subjective. And then I, I go on your site and I see a two-hour show talking about Talk 640. right and when i see that i look i'm not like i don't even know if i want to click on this thing because i so don't give a fuck about 640. yeah yeah, i know that you know seriously and i'm thinking and i and i'm thinking who would like nobody listens to that radio station they have no listeners and now you're dedicating two hours to talking about all these people that virtually nobody knows and i'm thinking But you know what? Mike wants to do that. He thinks that's interesting. And I guess there's a segment out there that might find two hours of talking about 640 interesting. So you see it's subjective. Now, to me, from a professional, you can't even compare the Robert Dameron thing to the 640 thing. Because the Robert Dameron thing is a half hour of, like, you know, sort of enlightening, neat stuff that people can identify with as opposed to, well, I explained it. But there's where I'm coming from.
4: Oh, no, and like, I heard your comments about the 640 app, which mm-hmm. is, of course, a chance for me to set up at a sponsor site and have 19 different voices, right? So it's 19 sure. different guests, right? We all do what we have and to global do. Global News right? and 640. But I didn't have to do it. I wanted to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, in a minute, I get to play a little clip I pulled from that episode with uh, Kelly Cotrera. But okay. <laughs> I know when I record two and a half hours about with 19 people from Chorus, basically, Global and uh, right. 640, I know... Not every hot Toronto Mike fan is going to listen. Like I go mm-hmm. in, knowing this isn't for everybody. If someone doesn't want to hear from personalities on AM six forty, they probably should skip this episode. But that's that's the wonderful mm-hmm. thing about podcasting. Yes, it
1: is. Yeah. How many right.
2: mics have you got in that uh, damaged brain of yours? You've got the listener mic and then your producer hey, mic. Hey, come on now. He's, a, hey, <laughs> listen, <laughs> he's an aneurysm sufferer. You
0: can't, you, that, <laughs> no, you can't no. do that card. Whatever it is, a stroke sufferer. I'll just say this. Uh, you know, you're, I told you, I started off by saying, you know, um, I reacted to it because you're not just Toronto Mike. You're not just a listener to our program. You're somebody that is producing the show, and that is the point I will stick with, which is, you know, if you if you comment on it,
4: you're commenting on it as the producer of our program. This episode of Swing Thoughts is brought to you by. Is enough for you to think the producer is shitting on the Humble and Fred show? Yeah, but Mike, 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 Mike. I'm looking at a thing right now. Yesterday, you posted golf
1: talk is better than PP infomercials right i stand by it, that it, well no
0: you can no, let me just say something quickly you can stand by it all you want but if you were gary Dalabate and we were stern you wouldn't fucking do it he wouldn't put up with it
4: well i like, I like to think
5: uh, I, I know I but i know what you like to, to, I, I know but to i know you what it. you like it to
0: think worry. but i'm just saying like you can say all you want you can like to think all you want but you know you're kind of a, supposed to be i mean it, if you don't like it tell us on in our thursday meeting but to go on there and be like and it's not just you know it's like you know, to to talk to, you know, our audience... Yeah, listen, people didn't like that segment yesterday. That's fine. And they cannot like everything we do, which is also fine.
4: I'm just shocked at how thin-skinned you are right now. Like, you guys dish it out all day long, all week long, and then you Absol- get a little Facebook no. comment, and you're like, oh... No, 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 yeah, no, no, no.
1: You just nailed it, because I have said to Howard many times, I don't mind... I don't mind criticizing or tangling with Mike a bit because you are very blunt. You you right. don't hesitate to give your opinion. <laughs> right. Be it, be it right. personally or on our Facebook page. You don't hesitate to get. So we're just. we're just So, you, so and you give yeah, your yeah, opinion. Yeah, we're, exactly. exactly. So you can we're say I'm you, you yeah.
0: thin skin, but I'm just giving you my opinion and you don't like it. Okay. Now, the thing well, is, you don't. Here, let me finish. You don't like it. You don't like us. Me, especially being as blunt with you as you are with us. And no, is, I just don't want by to the be way, in a position this is, now
4: where I'm afraid to leave a comment on your Facebook page because I know you're going to read it and overanalyze well, listen, it. Listen, we don't leave comments days. on your Facebook page saying,
0: hey, another two and a half
1: hours wasted. Of fu- I heard and- it on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the only, listen, and here's my point. I would never have said that, right, <laughs> if you hadn't have displayed your willingness to be so blunt. So I'm thinking, exactly. hey, Mike does not so I'm going to tell him what I do. And, and
0: trust me, mm-hmm. we, we treat you, and you may not know this, but we treat you with kid gloves, Mike. We love you. I started this thing by saying, listen, there's nobody who's a bigger supporter than us. You know, we, we love you as a friend. I've said this to Fred the other day. I said, listen, man, the last thing I want from Mike Boone is to leave this segment feeling bad you you wanted to have a little tussle so we're having one you said this was going to be podcast gold and so here it is
4: well, i don't remember i don't know what words it is but my my issue was that i was getting a reputation amongst the hundy peas as the guy who tells howard not to talk about golf. i, I don't think you're getting
0: a reputation no. from the hundy peas trust me
1: and none of that matters because we will continue to do it as, as a matter of fact sometimes i think maybe we don't when Howard starts talking about golf he 's always got this Governor on like I should yeah. and it, maybe it 's got nothing to do with you i don 't know, but this Governor on like maybe i shouldn 't be talking about golf when i 'm sitting there going, "No, you should air this out because it's it's it 's interesting it 's very interesting just right. happens, it just why, happens to it just happens to be about golf,
4: you know this is why i 've never once in any private yeah. meeting or otherwise said to you guys, "Hey, maybe less golf i 've never had this conversation with no, you I things, no I know two things two things one is. I know I have zero influence over the content of the Humble and Fred show, so why would I waste my energy? But two, I've told you this privately many times. The main thing about Humble and Fred, as far as I'm concerned, is that you two enjoy it and share your passions. If Howard has a hard-on for golf, go hard. (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's right give it, give, give it. Uh,
4: if you guys right. love your Pierre Polyev talk go nuts I just put hey. uh Tony again I don't don't worry about the fact I thought it was a softball interview that is irrelevant you guys talk about what you want to talk about Mike uh, there, there's another thing a softball interview mm-hmm. just tell me Mike what would you have
1: asked Tony? we've said Polyev has stink on him I wouldn't vote for the guy. He's got to win me over. Like, what do you... Yeah, but those are... Just I don't, I don't like the fact that... We, like, don't, like that the, mean, we like. don't like the guy, you know, as far, you know, with the truckers and the evangelicals. I, what more did? You do, would you want out of that? Like, I don't I don't get that. And for a guy that apparently loves doing interviews and loves, you know, getting real talk, like, why do you not... Why do you... Would you prefer not to hear that side?
4: Oh my God, that's not true at all. How uh, Fred? That's the opposite. Not even for a second. I would totally have Tony Clement on to talk about Pierre Polyev, but one hundred percent, I would challenge him along the way on some of these talking these uh, Pierre Polyev talking points and i would just say a little pushback a little challenge are you thinking i don't have people on my show who are conservative and and you know i don't know know. honestly i can't answer that because you don't listen i I know i know but it's not just 640 and i actually am 100 percent okay if you uh abstain from listening to this 640 because i lost you and that episode exceeded 60 minutes in length and i know that which one all of them (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, what well, listen, I, I'm, just, I'm, worried, worried now, oh, I'm worried no, I now that we're going to stress Mike out and his <laughs> brain will start leaking out of one of his ears. So let's just tie this no, up.
1: The, this, is a, this was a good um,
4: on-air, so to speak, meeting. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad we... I just uh, want people to know I've never told Howard he can't talk about golf. I just I want people
0: golf golf? to know no. that I admire, respect, and love this little angel boy. <laughs> Mike Can I Boone. play
4: the Kelly clip? No, let from me finish the, uh, this. Let me
0: finish, finish. 40 episode. Let me finish that you are uh, and have been, since before we started this, our greatest asset. There's on a day that we couldn't call no, you. Exactly. I want people to know that. People watching on Facebook, they're like, what is happening now? <laughs> at one guy just said, we should crowdfund uh, Howard's stressed out. We should crowdfund him a date. Don't you worry. <laughs> Howard's taking care of himself.
4: Use massages
0: open. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, Booner, listen, man. It's all good. You're fantastic, and that's all people should know.
4: Okay, so at this event, which is mm-hmm. was at Great Lakes uh, Brewery at Jarvis one University. of your sponsors. Oh, yeah, right. So that's why I, was, I went there. I set up, in nineteen different people, starting with Anthony Farnell. He's the weather guy at Global News, and then any with Dave Bradley, who's the news guy at Six Forty. But in the middle there, you get your Greg Brady's, your Alex Pearson. Who, by the way, Alex Pearson, conservative. I had a great chat with her. Uh, you got your uh, Kelly Cotreras, your Danny Stovers, people like that. Yeah, kind of Danny
0: Stover, Fred told me I didn't realize Danny was over there. She's doing quite well over there, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a podcast there, actually, called the... Uh Today in Toronto. Well, doesn't she do the evening show? I thought she did evening. Uh, show. It's a clip okay. show. Like I think oh. it's uh, like she curates the clips of uh, oh. Greg Brady and. Uh, oh, okay. Like well,
0: that. good for her because she's also another friend of the show, and course, she's, she's been, very she's talented. She's super girl. talented. Oh, we talked
4: about that. We talked about how she owes her entire radio career to the great Freddie Patterson. Yeah. freddy <laughs> nah. Freddie, uh, yeah. Freddie's relationship with her parents helped her get the gig at Edge One Hundred and Two uh, on the because you were right? like friends with uh, their trailer friends, right?
1: hmm yes absolutely of course she had to work with voldemort jr but anyway that's another <laughs> let's story. talk about that's right.
3: him
0: for a while that's <laughs> funny voldemort jr i'm that's great that's we have voldemort and voldemort Junior is perfect uh all right so you talked to kelly Cotrera, who we had uh,
4: worked with as well right so during this two hours or whatever uh there was a kelly came on the mic and we had a, we caught up because she's been over but it's been a while so i cannot remember now whether i clicked the original sound for musicians on but anyway uh, I'm going to play this and you'll tell me very quickly if you can't hear it but okay. this is me talking to Kelly Catrera this is an episode of Toronto Mic'd more, do more you non, yeah. credit at all and I only am curious because of uh, I produce Humble and Fred show yeah. but do you give Humble and Fred any credit for like a transition between you being like a rock DJ a mm. talk and a talk
7: I show think host. no I did do talk before you did talk I did talk at 1010 before Okay, so I, I did do talk before but I what I will give them I will give them credit here I give them full credit for um, teaching me how to relax and be more authentic and more myself on the air and trust myself so yes I give them a lot of a lot of credit because when I was doing that that was the most fun I've ever had working in radio was working on that podcast and
4: you only left because someone was going to pay you yeah because I didn't didn't have any money. It, it Humble just and didn't Fred have enough didn't pay money. Well, was that did, when you went to CBC? They did give me
7: a little bit. Um, no, it was between CBC oh. and I went to Fresh.
0: Right. But right. I
7: have to say, I knew then working with Humble and Fred that I wanted. I don't. I don't like being alone in the booth I like being with people and so that's why I love working with Chris and Dave on a daily basis because it's fun with the fellas I wouldn't want to do it alone it's boring and I say that at the end of my show my little catchphrase is I wouldn't want to do it without you like, well it's actually I just screwed up
4: You don't know your catchphrase I race. couldn't do
7: it without you And I wouldn't want to That's what I say
4: Do you remember At Wayne Gretzky's You were going to play The uh, yeah. Blessed Virgin Mary In a pageant Do you I remember wouldn't. that They and wanted me to yeah. Yes they did I ended up having
7: to play The Blessed Virgin was Mary I know way better with you <laughs> No You got better okay. um, Tracks of land <clears throat> uh, oh,
0: I, I have. A, I actually have a clip That uh, I picked out of the episode uh, Yeah Kelly uh, Do you think That Hubble Should stop talking about golf <laughs> yeah, that clip didn't make it.
4: That other voice you heard, by the way, was, was Robbie Jay, a technical producer for the Run. ongoing history of new music. Good boy, good he's boy. A great, hey, boy. Hey, he's a so, great boy.
1: Did they, just to be clear here, did, did they um, book Great Lakes Brewery, or did you set that up for them?
4: No, it turns out, well, it doesn't turn out, it's a fact that Jarvis and Queens Key is very, very close to the uh, Chorus Key. Building mm. on uh, Queens Key, so I don't know that happened without me, but uh, it just was a happenstance. And then I uh, oh. talked on the phone with a uh, Amanda Capito, who's the program director. And next thing you know, I was like the embedded journalist in the room for. Uh, mm-hmm. a couple hours. Dan
0: is giving us a wrap up signal. We
4: oh, see, go. there you go. That's because he's got an A minus vote.
0: I don't have these wrap up. <laughs> Your <a> B plus <laughs> vote. <You're> a B plus <laughs> vote. Um, again, uh, thanks to May Potts. And uh, thanks to uh, Dan Duran. Tomorrow we'll have our uh, Friday uh, email show. Uh, I don't know, probably a similar amount of minutes, like fifteen, eighteen minutes. We got to sure, we have a bunch of them. And uh, Mike, thank you for all you do.
1: Mike, that was a great segment. Thank you for being part of it. I hope that or was Gold Talk. Please, I hope that <laughs> I hope that was the you know the uh, podcast uh,
0: gold you were looking for. <laughs> I I know you keep referencing that Is that a private email I can't remember Yeah you sent me a note You sent me a note Saying I'm gonna drink A uh, Red Bull I'm gonna We're gonna We're gonna mix it up I'm like all right Oh, yeah, but no podcast gold. I think you're inventing that. Okay. So, uh, Dan Duran, why don't you uh, wrap this thing up for everyone? Hey, we have a <clears> great, <throat> long, humble, and Fred weekend. We'll see you all on Monday.
2: I mean, okay. This weekend uh, is coming up, of course, and uh, I've lost my, my brain here. This episode Hold on, on a humble second. Dan, you, you, you get
0: a chance to start again. You're a professional. Here we go.
2: This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Modog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and Go! daddy we read all of our emails and now most of them on the air humble and fred at humble and liking subscribing helps us out gets this show noticed a little bit more and we would appreciate it for humble and fred i'm dan duran and remember to grab the minutes of next week's mic producer meeting before the show <laughs> enjoy every goddamn
3: day